Support for Georgia College Connections comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald. Tonight, we're talking about an effort to help people preserve their own pieces of community history in hopes of developing a truer picture of Milledgeville's past. Joining me today is Georgia College Library Director Chandra Walker. She's here to talk about a National Endowment for the Humanities Common Heritage Grant and opportunities the Georgia College Library is offering to help you learn more about preserving your history. The Common Heritage Program will kick off this Saturday, March 2nd, at the Allen's Market in downtown Milledgeville with a workshop on preserving your family records and treasures. Chandra Walker, I want to welcome you back to the WRGC studio. Hi, Daniel. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really happy to be back and really happy to talk about this exciting um, slate of programming that we're going to be bringing to the Milledgeville community. Well, before we get into the details of this grant and the programming y'all are going to offer in the coming months, I thought we should talk about ideas of the past and our own heritage. You know, we commonly think about the past in the big picture, dynasties, empires, war and peace. Uh, but what do we stand to gain when we search the past on a more personal level? I think we have a great opportunity to tease out some of the nuances, particularly in local communities. We should certainly know how unique and how special Milledgeville is. And so as you dig down into the local history and particularly the histories of people who may not have been included in the past, I think you can really learn a lot about how similar some of these historic communities are, as well as some of those differences. And I think it's just a great way to build and strengthen community and build relationships. You know, I think in America, we don't place as much value on history, um, perhaps even at that uh, a larger level of the kind of the glacial change of history and our commonalities as countrymen and women. But what do we stand to lose if we don't value history in the way that we should? Well, I'm a firm believer that there is nothing new up under the sun and that history very often repeats itself. And so I think there are powerful opportunities to learn from our past, to do it better the second or third or maybe the fourth time. And so I think when we lose that appreciation for the past, we really lose a very important opportunity to do better, to not repeat some of the mistakes of the past. I think, you know, we commonly think about that maybe in terms of other people's lives or in the way our society is going. Do you feel that yourself personally? Certainly. I am one who really enjoys family history, local history, particularly as I've gotten older. And it's been really interesting, some of the things that I've been able to see and appreciate about my own family's history. But it took a lot more life experience for me to be able to see some of those patterns and that kind of thing. And so I think it's really, really important. And when you think about that personal history, in what forms does it come for you? It comes in all kinds of forms. I was raised by my great-grandmother. She was about 73 when I was born, and she kept me until I was able to go to kindergarten. And we had a really strong oral tradition in our family. And so 
by the time I got to kindergarten, I knew like the whole family tree. I, I bet you I was just like a terror in my kindergarten class. But um, I really got a really rich oral tradition as well as some photography, a couple of photographs. My great grandmother, I remember, had a photo of her father and he looked totally different than what I was <laughs> expecting him to look like. And I've always just been really tapped in and that gave me an appreciation for both the visual as well as the oral. I was a history major in undergrad. And so I think as my life has moved on, I've sort of landed where I'm supposed to be. And this is a great opportunity for me to not only uh, bring something of value to the local community, but just to do work that I love. So I'm really excited about the project. And when you think about where we are in our time, um, especially in, as it relates to technology and other mm-hmm. things, are there challenges to uh, the preservation of this personal history that you see right now? Oh, certainly. I think one of the challenges is no one takes studio photographs anymore. It's very, very rare. Like I was looking over some albums in preparation for next week's workshop and trying to see you know, what photos I wanted to bring in. And my mom loves studio photographs, like Easter, <laughs> birthdays, whatever all throughout our family photo albums. But as I look at the next generation, as we see the rise of uh, everybody's got a cell phone and they're snapping pictures, we don't have as many of those photographs. And so unless you're backing that phone up to the cloud or putting it somewhere, you run the risk of really losing those memories. I think another thing that really impacts history and appreciation for history is social media. If you think about the impact of social media on local news, how fast the news cycle is and how many stories don't make it to print, these born digital items. And so that brings a really tremendous responsibility in terms of archiving that content. On the positive side, I will say that social media has given voice to people who in the past may not have been able to have a voice. And so if you think about some of the activist movements, not just here in the United States, but in other areas, um, how Twitter in particular has been used, it really gives a platform. But there again, that preservation and archiving piece comes in, you know, Twitter's not going to be there forever. And so if there's a particular movement or whatever that was documented on some of these mediums, there's a real need to archive that so that it'll be available for future generations. So it's it's a really complex thing when you really think about a lot of different moving parts that I think the average consumer really doesn't think about as they're going on in their daily lives. Well, it's time for us to take a short break right now. If you are just joining us, you're listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're talking about an effort by the Georgia College Library to help people preserve their own pieces of community history. Uh, That effort is going to kick off this Saturday, March 2nd in the Allen's Market um, with a workshop on preserving your family records and treasures. Here today to talk about the larger project is Georgia College Library Director Chandra Walker. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections.
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us tonight, we're talking about a program from the Georgia College Library to create a National Endowment for the Humanities Common Heritage Program right here. And in this segment, we're going to talk with Georgia College Library Director Chandra Walker about the local project that they're wrapping around this larger grant. Um, and so in the last segment, we talked just kind of about uh, history personal history and the way that we're preserving that in the present. Uh, in this segment, I thought we'd actually introduce that grant program. Um, so uh, just start off that way. Uh, could you tell us about the grant that the Georgia College Library received? Sure. So the grant funder is the National Endowment for Humanities, and the program umbrella is the Common Heritage Program. The focus of the Common Heritage Program is to support community digitization and outreach efforts the main goal is to just increase public awareness and stewardship of the collections that people have in their homes or their communities. A lot of times we talk about libraries, we talk about archives, we talk about museums. Common Heritage Program has a completely different focus. It's focused more so on collections that may never see the light of day but still have a tremendous value. So. Well, and I'm curious about that aspect of it, um, that we're trying to give people the tools to preserve that piece of history, but it may never go into the public record. One of the things that was really attractive to me about this program is that it totally flips traditional archiving on its head. Traditionally, archives have been concerned with transfer of ownership. You know, sometimes you may have some conditions in your deed of gift that may give the donor um, some leeway. But this approach totally flips that on its head. And it is not focused on necessarily the acquisition of the materials, but just preserving them, number one, and then number two, making them more discoverable. A lot of times there can be a level of distrust between a repository and a community or an individual. And so there's a reluctance to donate that, that material. This project, a particular aspect of it that was attractive to me was that it doesn't require anyone to give us anything. So the owner retains possession of their materials. They don't have to give us anything. We're interested in helping them to preserve them, to take better care of them. We're interested in helping to provide them with a digitized copy of them. And then if they are agreeable, they can share a copy with us. But that is not a requirement for their participation in any of the programming. And so, you know, there again, it's, it's totally different, but the approach we hope will help people to feel more comfortable about participating and not feeling like they have to give us anything because we really want to give the community something as a part of this project. When you're talking about uh, developing these personal nodes mm -hmm. of uh, the community history, what is the social impact of that uh, for the community? You know, there again, what this project has the potential to do is to show how we have a common heritage. A lot of times we think that different communities don't share a lot of commonalities, but I think if we can bring some of these stories to the light and showcase them, we can see how we have much more in common. And so that is where I think the real value is, is in letting people know that we have a lot more in common than we probably think we do. And I understand that 
for this Common Heritage grant, y'all are actually trying to address an issue in Milledgeville's history and its recollection of the past. Uh, can you talk about the local project that will uh, come out of this grant? Certainly. This should not come to anyone's surprise, but history, archives, libraries, museums very often reflect the perspective of the people who were in power when they were created. And so for marginalized groups of people, for marginalized individuals, women, people of color, non-Christian people, oftentimes those perspectives have not traditionally been represented. And so we recognize in our archive that there is a lack of information, particularly about the African-American community. We get requests from students. We may have requests from community members. And oftentimes we have to tell them we just don't have anything. Or we may say that we heard that this person had the material, but they passed away and we don't know what happened to it. And so through this project, um, what we hope to do is to build that capacity in the local community to take care of these records again, to make them more discoverable and hopefully to to build stronger relationships between the community and, and the university. And when I think about Milledgeville's history, I think that there is a, a incredibly rich history specifically about the African-American community mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. In the research that y'all have done thus far in this program, have y'all figured out where that history is being collected and um, uh, how it's being uh, disseminated, if at all? This project actually came out of a conversation with a couple of individuals who were very concerned about preserving the local African-American history of Milledgeville. And what we discovered is that um, a lot of the history lives in churches. It lives in local organizations, you know, like fraternal organizations or service organizations. It lives in businesses. There's a very rich history of education in the African-American community in Milledgeville, Shortly after emancipation, there was the Eddy School that opened here, American Missionary Association um, School for African Americans. So there's a very rich tradition around education and a lot of pride. And so those are areas that we hope to tap into, um, education, entrepreneurship, social activities, and some of the religious activities of the community. We think that that is where a lot of the record keeping, a lot of the memory as it relates to the African-American community, has been captured. And so hopefully we'll be able to tease some of that out through this project. And will there be a final product, uh, so to say, uh, from this local history project? Sure. So all of our activities build upon each other. Um, as you mentioned, on Saturday, the March 2nd, from 10 to 12 down at Allen's Market, we're going to be having a workshop on preserving your family history um, and records. And we're really excited about that. So that will hopefully bring out people who are interested in local history, interested in um, family and community records. And then from there, um, this spring, late spring or early summer, we anticipate holding a couple of what we're calling History Harvest Days. And those will take place out in the community. Uh, we're going to set up some scanning stations. And for people who may have items that they want to scan or they want a digital copy of, they can come out have those scanned for free. We will invite them if they would like to uh, share a copy of that item with us. They don't have to. And if they choose to do so, we're going to create an online collection that's going to be available locally. It's going to be available through the Digital Library of Georgia and then hopefully through the Digital Public Library of America. 
We're also planning to have a panel of historians. We'll be bringing in um, Dr. Don Hurd Clark, who has done some research on a very similar school to the Eddy School. Her she, her research focuses on the Dorchester Academy that operated um, in South Georgia, but very similar dynamic to what took place here in Milledgeville. And we're also going to have some local um, historians on that panel as well to hear from and learn from them. We are also planning to develop a traveling exhibit. So we're going to pull out select pieces of those items where people agreed to share them with us. We're going to pull those out, put those into an exhibit that will be a traveling exhibit that can be available um, long after this project ceases to operate. So I think it's going to do some really important work over the course of the next couple of months, but we're also going to have a lasting piece that we can share uh, for years to come, hopefully. Well, it's happened again. Uh, it's time for us to take another short break. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we are talking about a National Endowment for the Humanities grant that was awarded to the Georgia College Library. And they're turning that into a project to document African-American history here in Milledgeville. It's not just an effort to collect items, but it's an effort to help you collect the items that you have and make sure that they're preserved for the next generation. Here talking with me about the grant is Georgia College Library Director Chandra Walker. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you are just joining us, we are talking about a grant-funded program that is being put on by the Georgia College Library. They're trying to, to reach out into the community and build an awareness not for Milledgeville's history, but your own part of this community's history. They want to talk about valuing it more and also give you ideas and ways to preserve it better and possibly 
share it with others. I'm talking today with Georgia College Library Director Chandra Walker. She's here talking about this Common Heritage Program and the ways that they're using this grant to document the African-American history of Milledgeville. Now, I want to take this moment to invite you out to their first event that's part of this program on Saturday, this March 2nd. They are hosting a two-hour workshop in the Allen's Market that's geared towards giving you the knowledge you need to preserve your own family records and treasures. And so we just talked about the event that y'all have this Saturday. Of course, not all of our radio audience is going to be there. I thought I'd just start off this segment with asking for some of the knowledge that you might impart during that workshop. So if they're not able to come out this Saturday morning, uh, what are ways that they might start Let's just start on the level of start thinking about mm -hmm. their own personal history. I think there are a lot of small things that you can do to contribute to preserving your family and personal history. Um, one of the things that I would encourage people to do is to find um, an older relative in your family as soon as you can and talk to that person and see what they're willing to share with you. A lot of times that's a great starting point they can sort of explain some things for you and give you a good starting point to begin with. You may want to ask that person, you know, do you have older photos or um, letters or those documents? You know, where are those things? So that when um, life transitions take place, you will be in a position to quickly identify those items and make sure that they're not mistakenly discarded or thrown away. In terms of caring for those items, a lot of the recommendations are just really common sense types of things. So it can be really attractive, I think, to put some of this information in your attic, which is probably not a good place to put it because attics tend to be really hot, particularly here in, in Georgia. So you don't want to subject photos or documents or whatever to extreme conditions, whether that's cold or, or heat. Um, you also want to probably make sure that you don't put things like in the basement on the floor. So if the basement floods, you know, your box could get wet. And so you want to um, just use, you know, some really simple uh, strategies like that to make sure that you are preserving records. Um, one of the things that I have found particularly challenging in my own family history with photos is identifying individuals who may be in photos. I have so many photos that I've collected from family members that seem to have a really interesting story, but I don't know who's in the photo. So that may also be a great way to start with some of the older individuals in your family is just identifying who people are and not making assumptions about, you know, who individuals may be sort of clarifying those pieces of information for community organizations like churches, fraternal social groups. It's probably really wise to make sure that you have a historian, whether, um, you know, that's a requirement for your organization or not, but have a dedicated person and to make sure just like in families, um, transitions take place in organizations. And so just making sure that there is some transmission of those records or transmission of knowledge so that as people move in and out or people pass away, there is some continuity. And again, those same um, tips on uh, preserving things. I would say, too, that, um, you know, we're in this digital era. And so it can be really tempting to do everything electronically, which certainly has its, has its advantage, but there's also some advantages to preserving some of those paper records as well. Preserving them, keeping them, scanning them, maybe having multiple copies or making sure that more than one individual has access to information or knows where things are 
those are just some great tips. I'm really excited. I hope you will be able to come out for the workshop. Um, I'm really excited about Sinead coming. Uh, she's done some very similar work to this. And so she's very knowledgeable, very skilled. If you have items that you want um, a quick assessment done of, um, you can feel free to bring those and she can make some recommendations for you for caring for those. Uh, we'll have some folders on hand. So if you need to rehouse something or you need to put it in a, a sleeve to make sure that it's maintained, we'll have that um, those supplies available and they're free um, for people who come for the consultation. So the workshop is free as well as the consultations and the information is free as well. And I'm curious, um, are there resources available uh, that people who are hearing this conversation and may want to take up this calling to maybe perhaps be their organization or their family's um, historian? Uh, what are ways that they can learn more and maybe learn some of the first steps towards uh, reaching out on this um, and this journey? Sure. So as this project develops, we're going to be hosting information and content on the library's website. Um, you can go to um, LibGuides, and that's L-I-B-G-U-I-D-E-S dot G-C-S-U dot E-D-U backslash Common Heritage. And there will be including information that will be helpful um, for anyone who's interested in this topic. So we'll be showcasing the events that will be taking place in, in the future. We'll be recalling the ones like the workshop. If you're not going to be able to make it, we'll include some information from the workshop and also hoping to collect some of the sources that are out there about local African-American history, putting in those in one place. So if you, you know, have something interesting, you want to follow up on it, you're not sure where to go. We'll have a list of resources there that you can sort of use as a springboard for your own research. Wow, we are actually close to the end of our program today. <laughs> I had a few more questions I wanted to ask. Um, but uh, let's focus on that workshop that you're having this Saturday. If people are able to go out, um, uh, what do they need to know uh, before they go? Sure. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you are coming to RSVP. And you can do that by just simply calling 478-445-0980. Just let us know that you're coming so that we can make sure that we're prepared. Um, the workshop is from 10 to 12, so just two hours. Great way to start off your Saturday. Um, this is workshop is designed for a, a novice um, individual, so you don't have to feel like you have to have any particular skill or knowledge in this area. Our workshop presenter, Shanae Miran, is an archivist at University of West Georgia up in Carrollton, and she's a great facilitator. I think you'll get a lot out of the workshop, so we encourage people to come out to RSVP, to come out, uh, to be on time, and to also, again, if you have an, an item or a couple of items that you want a quick assessment done on, you can bring those as well. And could you tell me the URL for that website one more time? Because I imagine that's going to be uh, y'all's one-stop shop for sure. the program as it goes on sure. into uh, the, the summertime. Sure. So it's LibGuides, and that's L-I-B-G-U-I-D-E-S dot G-C-S-U dot E-D-U. And then a slash and common heritage. You can find the calendar uh, for programming and other resources to support the project at that site. Mm -hmm. And just uh, one final thought. Yeah. I just thought if you could give our audience one more call to action about looking at their own part of this larger history and going out and heeding the call to preserve that personal part of our shared common heritage. Yeah, Um I would just say that this work is really important. Um, there's so many nuances and so many um, 
special cases and so much um, individual history that can be learned. A lot of times we just, you know, paint a, paint people and paint communities with a very broad brush. And we think that everybody's experience is different. And I think the potential of this project is to really illuminate some of that richness, some of that beauty um, that we don't often see. And so in that way, I think it can make a really important contribution to the local history of our community. Well, Chandra Walker, I want to thank you for coming out and inviting our audience to explore our personal parts of our shared history here on Georgia College Connections. Thank you. You've been listening to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we were talking about a local effort to paint a truer picture of Milledgeville's history. I was talking with Georgia College Library Director Chandra Walker. She was here to tell you about the Common Heritage Program that they're adopting at the Georgia College Library, in which they will be documenting African-American history in Milledgeville. That effort will kick off this Saturday at 10 a.m. with a two-hour workshop in the Allen's Market in which they'll be giving out advice about how you can preserve your family records and treasures. Again, you can go to libguides.gcsu.edu slash common heritage to RSVP for that event, or you can call 478-445-0980 to make that RSVP as well. I have been your host, Daniel McDonald. It has been my pleasure spending this portion of the evening with you here on Georgia College Connections, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.